Awesome. How many of you guys were here for the very first Sin and Me episode or session? Wasn't that absolutely amazing? It was really amazing. Come on, give God, give God a big round of applause. I sense there's a bit of a lethargic spirit here this morning. Turn to the person next to you and say, Boti, what is he for the word? Maak oop die hart van jou. Ek sal hem vir jou oopmaak. <laughs> Amen. God is good. Are you guys ready for some awesome word? Man, this subject is such a touchy subject in the, in the Christian church today because of how sin has been taught to the body of Christ. But we're going to break that down for you guys. The guys on discipleship school have been getting a feast Am I right, guys? If you're not in discipleship school, you, you may join anytime you want. And for all the guys, I just remember now, for all the folks who are actually sponsoring other people to be on there, let's give them a big round of applause. Come on. That is so amazing. So amazing. Before we get into today's part, part two of Sin and Me, we are uh, just going to give it to Tasso quick because he has something on his heart that he feels that he needs to share. So uh, let's go there. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're all good. Your hearts are open and ready. I hope you prepared yourselves. And uh, uh, before you come here, it's always important to prepare your heart, eh? Because if your heart is not prepared, you cannot receive. Because when the seed goes in of the Word, and, and you've got other seeds in there that have been germinating during Saturday night and Friday and... Uh, you know, and this morning and all of those things, then uh, unfortunately what happens is the word that you hear cannot germinate, but uh, the, the, the other seeds kill it and destroy it. You know what I mean? The cares of this world, the Bible says, isn't it? And uh, the worries of, these, of this life and uh, sometimes we hear things and we get excited intellectually. And, um, but unfortunately it does no good to us because we haven't prepared the soil of our hearts. We haven't removed the weeds, which is unbeliefs. We haven't removed, you know, all of those fears that we have in our own hearts. And, uh, and when we hear the word, then we haven't prepared. Tim Timothy says, always be ready in season and out of season, isn't it? So in season and out of season is always, and I mean always, has to do with your heart, you, that you, you always need to get prepared. And remember, in your heart, we also, just like we go through seasons um, in nature, our heart also goes through seasons, and we have to be so sensitive to recognize. Mm. And remember, the seasons out there do not coincide with the seasons that we go in our heart, you know, and it doesn't even coincide with the seasons that you go into your relationships, and it doesn't coincide with the seasons that you're going through your health, you know, so you always have to be aware of what season are you in and what you're going through, and um, the thing I want to share with you today is that no matter where you are at right now, um, always you need to know that whatever your need is, it's already, first of all, it's already been provided. You're not going to try to get God to provide a need. 
that's already been provided in Jesus. All of the healing that has ever taken place 2,000 years ago was given. It's not going to be given to you now. Okay? And remember, anything, and this is so important, anything that you have a need of, anything that you um, have a desire to experience in your life, it always comes to, to you based on God's nature. It's never, ever going to be based on your performance. It's never going to be based in anything that you are thinking somehow that a slight little thing that you need to do to be able to get God to do something. And that is so ingrained in us, unfortunately, um, that we think that we have to do something to get God somehow, even if we believe in righteous, you know, we think righteousness will make him do something. You know what I mean? But it's not like that. It's not like that at all. God has already supplied your need based on his character and based on the work that Jesus has done for you. So that is what I'm trying to tell you, that we need to remove any sense of um, disqualification in our hearts, any sense of that we're not good enough, any sense of inadequacies, any sense that we're experiencing of lack, you know, any of those currents that we are experiencing every time a need comes up or a desire comes up, excuse me, we need to remember this is based on Him. Yeah. The second point that I have in my heart to tell you today is when you enter into Jesus, you never have to ask Him for anything to do for you. You must just go and pick up what's already yours. And you manifest it into your own life based on the promise. Because remember, every promise has already been given to you. That's right. You are not going to get God to give you something that you already have. I know we've said it so many times, but there's such subtle uh, nuances and, and, and little um, disbeliefs that we have in our hearts that we haven't dealt with. And although we believe we're righteous in whatever level we believe it, we're still waiting on God to do something for us. See, God speaks to you and leads you as his shepherd away from lack, he says. So any lack that you are experiencing, God leads you away from that. So that must be a voice of destruction, a voice of the past, a voice that has come to you because of whatever you're experiencing at that moment. But God is telling us, I have already taken care of it. Amen. Because in Him, you have been totally set apart. You know? And remember, when you get into your heart and you start experiencing Jesus in your heart and you're experiencing His life, out of there, where that life is, that's where the promise is. The promise is found right in there while you are experiencing Christ. And all that you need to do in your life is to be able now to bring it through your thoughts, through your imagination. You just bring it, and that's a form of prayer. You, it's, it's a transformative prayer. In other words, it's a prayer that transforms you now to be able to have the capacity in your heart to bring that forth. You see? Yeah. So to be able to lay hold of it. 
please do not pray to Jesus to give you something that is already given you. Don't pray to the Father to be able to move this person's heart or some mountain. No, you in authority and all inheritance is already yours. You see? So you make the decision. You make the decision. And remember, even when the Holy Spirit needs to lead you and guide you while you having now that end result of how something is supposed to be, again, He speaks to you based on Jesus. Don't ever sit there and think, well, I wonder if He's going to speak to me because I've never heard Him. You know, I wonder if He's going to do this for me because I'm not sure from my past experiences whether this voice or this sense or this witness is going to take place. Hey, it's already been paid in Jesus for you to hear the Holy Spirit. So you've got to trust the process, you see. Always remember, this is when we're talking about unconditional love. That's what we're talking about here. It's a love that tells you, listen, you've already got it. Please don't ask me to give you something. It's already in the will. You see, it's not, don't go like the Old Testament people that they were seeking for his willingness. And we've taught on that. You, you remember that. Okay. You, we, you've already got it. If the promise is already inside of you, God says, please take it. You're not doing me a favor. You know, don't feel disqualified. Take it and make it real in your life. And never ask me about things like that. You know, it's already yours. Okay? The only thing that you need to do is to be able to show the people the covenant that I've already given you. That's it. You know? So God wants you to leave. Don't be hopeless right now. I will never get out of my situation. I've tried all this information, even the, the information you guys up here have given me, and it's not working. This is what you might be saying in your heart. And God is saying to you, no, the information is given to give you the confidence. And the confidence is he wants you to get out of where you are at. But don't ask him to do things like that. Even remember, we said the word ask is not the same word in the new covenant as it is in the old covenant. In the old covenant, the word ask was more to inquire if it was God's will because it was based on their performance. Did you believe, in other words? That was a performance. I give you something, do you believe? Even with Jesus, remember? With uh, the demoniac uh, um, uh, son and the father is standing there. He, the father, Jesus was waiting on the father. Are you willing to believe that I'm good enough? I don't care who you are and what you have done, that I'm good enough to do this for you. I'm waiting for you to believe it. And don't be, don't bring me some, um, uh, you know, some, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, some qualifications. Don't bring me qualifications here. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She wanted something to qualify her. Uh, Yes, I'm going to believe, but I need to touch the garment. I don't want you to touch the garment. I don't want you to touch anything. I just want to believe that I'm good enough to do this for you. And you need to allow this. You need to allow it by your choice. That's your authority. I'm asking you, allow it. Open your heart and let me do it for you. You see? So don't 
let's be like the centurion. Be it according to your will. Thank you. That's it. Be it according to like to your will. So open your heart. I don't know who it is today, but this is what you need to hear. Open your heart, because the word ask in the new covenant, it's something that has already been given. It's something that's already been given. So the asking is going and partaking from your heart something that's already given. And the asking is, I've always said it to you, is like making an EFT or writing in, in, in a check in the old days. Remember, writing a check? Or say, now, if you don't do that EFT, it's not going to be released, the money. The money's already deposited into your account, but the EFT releases it into your life. That's the word ask in the new covenant. Yep. So make the decisions that need to be made for your life and always depend on His righteousness. His righteousness is my qualification. God's goodness and his character is what he wants to do. But who qualifies it? It's not me. I can't look at my life. Yes, I'm going to protect my heart, but I'm doing it for totally different reasons. And we discussed all those reasons. So that my heart has confidence. But God supplies everything to you based on him. That's, right. That's what I want to tell you today. It's his character. It's, it's his nature that does it. Okay. That's so awesome. Thanks for that, Tassel. <laughs> so everything is from, from his character. Everything's based on him. It's not based on us. But where's the, where are we falling short with this kind of stuff? We fall short because we're still so carnal-minded. You know, the, most people think that uh, carnality is just, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. No, carnality is leaning onto your own understanding. Carnality at its core is, is materialism. What materialism? What I can connect with in this world. Materialism is not your fancy car in the, in the driveway or your fancy clothes hanging in your cupboard. A material person is somebody who connects more to their soul realm. Uh, their consciousness is more connected to them and the situation and their stuff. But you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead inside your heart right now. So what stops you from hearing the voice of God to be led into the thing that you need to do? Let me give you an example. They just discovered, I was just saying to Tassel right now, it actually comes into the, the, the discussion quite nicely. And that is that, I don't know if you know about jo uh, Angelina Jolie. You guys know Angelina Jolie found out that she had uh, that cancer gene in her, uh, the breast cancer gene. She was born with it, and it's in her, in her lineage, in her family or whatever. And uh, for, for decades now, they would find this gene, the, the cancer people or the cancer doctors or whatever, and then what they would do is they would preempt the person uh, from getting cancer by saying, we found the gene, it's in your lineage, go have a mastectomy, take off both the breasts. We're preempting it. I don't know if you guys saw, what's his name, uh, Thor? Thor, um, what's his name again, Donald? Chris Hemsworth, yeah. So Chris Hemsworth has just found out, I don't know if you guys saw the big interview, did you see it? I was crying, he's just found out that he has the Alzheimer gene that his father has. So they have believed right up until just recently that if you're born with that gene, 
that gene will eventually one day, as you get older, when your immune system changes, whatever, it's got a time on it and it will switch on by itself. That's what they've believed. But once again, they've just recently discovered new science proving old science incorrect and proving the Bible to be correct. Because the Bible says that may you prosper as your soul prospers. Okay? Now we want to know why are we not, catch, why are we not able to cross over from the carnal mind to the spiritual mind, the, the spiritual mind or the mind of Christ. The, the problem here is, is that what they just found out, I'm going to get back to it now, what they just found out is that the gene might be in your body, it might be in your mother's lineage, your grandfather's lineage, whatever it is, but they've just discovered that it does not switch itself on. Guess what switches it on, ladies and gentlemen? Consciousness. They've just discovered that you switch it on through your thoughts and your mind. So, why can't we hear the voice of God right in that moment? Why can't we uh, um, be led for, if it's a business decision, if it's a, a relationship decision, what is the block? Why are we uh, running off into the prayer room to go spend five hours or phone the pastor or read the Bible or do something so that we can get the answer? Why are we not just led? Turn to the person next to you and say, because you are carnal. What did Paul say in Corinthians? I can't remember the scripture, but Paul said, by now you should have already been off the mother's milk, off the basics, but you're still carnal-minded. You're still a carnal Christian. What's a carnal Christian? Let me give you an example of how we can, how we're supposed to walk, okay, and how much power we have through our consciousness. I walked into the gym the one time, and there was a youngster who came up to me, and he shook my hand. And uh, as I grabbed his hand, he had a nice firm grip. Now he wants to show me how firm his grip is, you know. So I grabbed it like this, and he's like, how's it, pastor? I'm like, how's it, man? How's it going? He's like, lekker, lekker. I need to uh, chat to you just now about my back. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll chat to you just now. I'm going to go for a workout. When you're done, come talk to me. So I walked up to the mats. I started doing some, some, some stomach and whatever. Or sit-ups. Stomach. It sounds funny. How do you do stomach at the gym? Started doing some sit-ups or whatever. And I went into the first set, second set, and the Holy Spirit says to me, his back is, he's got an injury in his back. Go pray for him. Don't wait. Go pray for him. So I'm like, okay. And I jump up and I go to him. He's busy doing pull-downs. I said to him, just stop quickly. The Holy Spirit wants me to pray for you. And he's like, serious? I was like, yeah. He's like, it's for your back. He's like, okay. And that same hand that a couple of minutes ago that shook him, shook this guy's hand, touched him, never had the power. But now I put my hand on his back and I feel the heat, I feel the power, I feel his back shifting into place. And this guy's like, what the heck was that? And I was like, that's the power of the Holy Spirit, buddy. That dude was, I had to stop him because now he was so full of faith, he was putting the thing on bottom rack again. I was like, you can't, just slow down, but just relax. You know the young oaks in the testosterone, he's like, yes, I'm going to show you this. I'm like, you don't want to cause another injury, relax, okay? So, so I went back and I started doing my exercises again, and, I, and I'm like, and the Holy Spirit says to me, why, when you first shook his hand, there was no power, but when you went and put, his, put your hand on his back, there was power. Why, 
even though you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside you right now, all the leading you need, all the information you need, all the wisdom you need, everything you need, why are you not connecting with it? Because we're carnal. We are very uh, uh, limited in our spiritual intellect. You are a spirit being. Hello? You are a spirit being. And the more you put into to walking in the spirit, listening, training your own ear, of the ears of your heart, the eyes of your heart, how to see what God sees, how to hear what God hears. But if you, if you don't put the time into that relationship, then like Paul says, it's been years. You guys are supposed to be off the milk, but you're still babies. You're still babies. The, the signs that you're talking about is called the signs of epigenetics. Uh, in 2007, I, uh, that's what I started looking uh, into the whole thing. There's a guy called Bruce Lipton, and he wrote the book um, uh, called The Biology of Belief. And in that book, he brings out uh, in the new science of epigenetics that consciously when actually every single cell they used to think it's got the brain in the perimeter, you know, that's what they thought. Sorry, not in the perimeter, in, in the nucleus, my apologies, right in the center. So they thought if it's right in the center, well, everything has been written edged on stone, and, and there's, there's nothing you can do about it. But the, with the new signs, they discovered that the, actually the membrane is around the cell, the brain in other words, so that now you are allowed to send information to the cell. It goes through the brain because it's external, and you can rewrite or reprogram your cell. Okay, that's... You can read that. It's called the science of epi upon genetics. Okay? So, now, how do you actually change? They bring out the, the, the sense. And how do you rewrite, in other words, in your, your cell? How do you rewrite uh, the actual coding? And they found out is, like you said, through the consciousness... The pen that rewrites is your emotions. The emotions that, that are felt in a very deep level. In other words, emotions, as you know, that becomes feelings, okay? Because with emotions, we think something in our minds, and obviously we have the result of the emotions. But as you keep doing it and you keep feeling those emotions, that turn into feelings. And the feeling, when it drops down to the level of the center of your being, then it goes and your heart sends, I'm sure you've heard of all these things, sends all the signals that are needed to every cell of the body because that is the automatic pilot that we have, is what we write in our hearts. And when it sends it, it begins to rewrite everything in your cells. One I think we've got 16 trillion cells in our bodies, if I'm not mistaken. 
And then from there, that's what the Bible says, a merry heart does good like medicine. Didn't say go get something. It says get a merry heart. Because remember, the joy of the Lord becomes my strength. See, if you, if you write those things at a heart level, you know, then you begin to experience what God has already pre-designed for you to experience. You don't have to try to go out there and do anything, you know. Once you believe it, this harmony begins to take place. Opportunities, ideas come to you that you never came before. You meet people that you never met before. You get this what we call the Bible, it doesn't use that word, but we, it's called synchronicity. Events and people come together because of what you have now brought and believed at a heart level. I tell you what, this is, this is amazing. Like Diddy says, this is already written in the Word of God thousands of years. And the problem is when the science comes up with new information, they never say, sorry, we were wrong with the old one. No. They never say that. Breakthrough. No. Discovery. That's it. All they say is, I hope these oaks forget. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never heard anyone apologize for the theory of evolution. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for or, that one. Or some other theories that are coming up now after a few events that took place the last <laughs> exactly. couple of years. Yeah. Are, you, are, are you sorry? Are you guys getting what we're saying? Do you understand the importance here? Mm. So what's the, there's, a, there's a key word that Tasso just brought up there. It's signal. That's it. What signal are you harmonizing with? It's so simple, but the thing is, is that we have to believe, guys. We have to believe. You can't wait to tune into the signal on a Sunday morning. You can't wait to hopefully get the, the pastor's hand on your, on your body before that you can connect with the correct signal. You have to grow into a spiritual man. Are you with me? Your spiritual man has to become intellect, intellectual. He has, he has to become, uh, um, what's the right word? He has to perceive things of the spirit. Are you with me? Yeah. He has to work from there out, not from the soul down. He has to work from the spirit out into your life. The only thing that keeps us from connecting with that signal is still you trust your own reasoning more than God. I'm not saying we don't all have that sometimes or in a new situation comes up, we don't first go there. Sometimes I first go to my, oh, okay, what must I do? But then eventually, my spirit man has been trained now to a point where that doesn't last too long. Yeah. And I just give up and I say, okay, hold on a second. I'm just putting that on the shelf over there. Holy Spirit, <laughs> lead me in your peace. <laughs> Are you with me? It's so simple. But it's, it's at the core of our belief. Yeah. It's at the core of our belief. Can you switch over from that conscious state that you're in right now to believe right now, to trust right now that whatever the circumstances that you are facing, it's already been dealt with? Mm. Can you do it right now? Yeah. 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 Whatever it is, whether it's health, whether it's business, whether it's whatever, whatever, whatever. Can you do it? You must understand, guys, like I said earlier, the heart of materialism or being a materialistic person is you loving your reasoning. It's not your stuff. Yeah. 
It's you loving your way of thinking, yourself, your way of making decisions more than the voice or the signal of the Holy Spirit. That's materialism at its core. And then unfortunately, we hit stumbling blocks or whatever. Because we haven't grown up spiritually, so we've made decisions, repetitive decisions, brings us to a certain place. And then we want to quickly uh, uh, switch on the signal in the midst of a storm. Hello? How many of you guys know how difficult it is to even just watch your television with a storm on? To get a, a nice clear line with a storm on? Are you with me? You can do nothing like you could when there was no storm. Hello? But this is the thing. We need to be in that place. But do we trust God? Do we believe God? This is how simple it is. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. You have the power of the Godhead residing inside of you in Christ Jesus. But can you access it when you want to? You can't if you are carnal. Or it's difficult if you're carnal. Yeah, and it always feels like it's out of reach. It's like you have a knowledge that I should have that. But where the heck is it, you know? And I think the mechanic that comes down to it is, is um, like what the Bible calls the flesh, you know? We've been talking about it. And, and we looked at it earlier in discipleship school where, you know, the definition we get there is that it is, it is all the evidence or logic that you've put together that's independent of God. Are you guys with me? Now, that's what it means to be carnal. It means to think independent of God, to reason independent of Him. And, I mean, the Bible gives us so many examples throughout the Old Testament. I mean, Moses, he, firstly, he goes through everything, right? Then he takes the Israelites out, they go through the desert, and they get to the sea. And all of them, what do they say? They say, Moses and God brought us out here to die. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. You didn't see the ten, the, 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 you know, the ten plagues right now? You didn't leave with all the gold? You forgot all of that? They get to the, 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 the sea, and all of them are like, oh, we're going to die. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's kind of like believers on Monday mornings, you know? It's like, oh, the devil's after me. I don't know if I'm going to survive today. But the thing is this, is that when they got to the sea, they were completely carnal. Now, Moses could have been carnal as well, but he kept quiet about it probably because he realized there was a few million people behind him. Like, uh, let me just not make them nervous. You know what I'm saying? And God says to him, raise your staff. Now, in Moses' carnality, in his understanding, where did a stick part waters? You had no reason to believe that the stick you were holding was about to freaking do something cool here. Are you guys with me? But what does he do? He raises the stuff and then boom, this ocean starts parting and they walk through on dry land. Right? Same with, with Joshua and Caleb. They went and spied out the land. You know the 12 spies? They went and spied it out and they came back. And 10 of them said, no ways, but we're not going to go there. Right? But Joshua and Caleb were like, listen, hey, we're not. God said we can take this thing. We should go in and we should take it, right? If you want to stop being carnal, ladies and gents, you need to reason beyond yourself. Now, we've said, listen, and we, we say this week in, week out. This is radical, right? Because there is a substance that you base all your reasoning upon, right? You remember what was happening 2020, 2021? You guys remember there was like a little blip the whole globe had. You know, we'll call it a blip because it seems like everyone's forgot about it now. But 
how much flack were we getting because all the scientists were saying the right thing about this little thing that was circulating. You know, breakthrough in technology, it's groundbreaking and all this stuff. Now, what is our carnal understanding is that experienced, trained professionals know what is happening. How many of us can agree? Right? Do you want to handle your money? You speak to a financial advisor. Something wrong with your body, you go to the doctor. You want to get good at sport, you go to a coach. Are you guys with me? Now, we've had that predisposition that, listen, anything we want to learn, we, we need substance. We need like, okay, we need a way that's going to be the right way. Are you with me? But now what takes place is that, and that's fine, that's great, as long as the motive is pure. Hello? Now you see, all of us, when we're relying on the substance that we're carrying in that logic, do you know that our motive is never pure? Why? Because when we're acting in the flesh, this limited thing, our motive is always fear. Hello? We don't ever want to do something beyond ourselves. Why are you pushing this thing? No, no, I'm scared to be alone. I'm scared to be unloved. Why are you pushing this thing? I'm scared to be poor. Can you see that fear is the motive of this carnal sense? But Tasso mentioned something so amazing about that is what perfect love is. Perfect love now is coming from that motive that is aligned with God's nature. Are you with me? So again, with the Israelites, when they got to the sea, they cried out and cursed God. Why? Because what was their motive? They were scared. It's like, we're going to die. Forgetting God's promise to them. And they came out, crossed the ocean. The, Israelite, uh, the Egyptian army finished. They carried on. You guys know what happened after that, right? But in that moment, when they were so overcome by fear, can you see that they only had consciousness within themselves? Are you with me? Now, as a believer, the radical part that you are called to be skillful in is to have a consciousness in Christ. Listen to what I'm saying, because that is your new creation. We are exactly as he is, seated at the right hand of God, right? We are exactly as he is. So if we are reasoning independent of him, we are no longer spiritual. Listen, coming up here and, you know, the band worshiping and lay hands and healings and all that stuff, that is an end result of spirituality, but it is not spiritual. Being spiritual now is that we are reasoning, we are seeing, we are understanding in context of Jesus, not ourselves. Are you guys with me? There's, a, there's an amazing, and, and uh, yeah, like Didi mentioned, we were late in <laughs> coming out this morning, and we were actually early. I even said to him, I'm like, dude, we're going to go pray so early. This is amazing. And then we get there, and then we start praying, and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, we've got to lay hands on a few people here, right? But do you know that traditionally, people have always had the fear of God based on themselves? They have fear and honor and reverence for God based on how badly they see themselves, right? Why do you think an atheist doesn't believe God exists? Because he sees himself as really good. <laughs> He's like... I'm the man, right? But do you know that the reverence for God comes from beholding Him and who He is? No consciousness of self. 
Are you guys with me? And for us, who, if we truly want to be spiritual, when we get to these moments of healing and, and, and business and peace and, you know, relationships, when we get to all these moments, we cannot take our logic as the final authority. Are you with me? Because all the faculties that we have are good. God has put them there for us to live successful lives in every area. But the source that must feed all those faculties, right? How you look at things, how you analyze, how you reason, how you decide. The source that needs to fill all of those faculties is God's nature. Not fear. It's His nature, His righteousness that needs to fill those faculties. So if you're looking at your behavior and saying, oh, I'm carnal. No way, it's not even close. Your carnality is producing that behavior right? But if you are carnal, it means that your logic is trumping God. More importantly, you start saying that God is like my logic. I want to, I just as yeah. what he's saying there, you're going to see where I'm going here. But see, the problem is because you've been taught your whole life by church that uh, um, sin is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So the only time that you actually stop and go, hold on a second, I'm being carnal, is when you feel bad because you've sinned. Hello? Can you see where I'm going, Llewellyn? <laughs> so, if somebody hasn't taught you correctly, and you, your gauge is, I'm only not in God's will because I'm sleeping around or taking drugs or drinking or lying or stealing, and you're not conscious of the fact that just walking in your own decision-making without God is a part of your fallen nature. Hello? Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Give him a round of applause. What, he's too carnal. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see why it's so important to get the correct teachings? Because for decades, all we've ever heard at church is sin, is, uh, is, is bad, but carnality never gets dealt with. In, in the, the, the place of decision-making, hello? You are a sum. Today you are a sum of all of yesterday's wise decision-making. Are you in a good place today? Maybe you are. Could you have been even in a better place today? I know I could have been in a much better place if I was walking even earlier in the wisdom of God. Amen? Today, you are a sum of all of yesterday's decisions. So forget about the feelings of, oh man, I, I did this or I lied. Or, those things are, like he says, those are just the fruits of it. Those things will come because they are the evidence of you walking in your own decision making. Are you with me? You've got to understand what this Christianity thing is all about. It's not about the, the, these big events. Are you with me? It's about being a spiritual person. You should, your, your, your vision every day should be, Lord, I want to grow up more. I want to hear your, your voice more. I want to make less mistakes. You know, one day Bash said to me, uh, years ago, remember he still said to me, uh, I said, you know, I don't even want to make decisions. I want to switch my brain off and I want to just give it to God. 
I, w- I would rather do that. And Bash those days was like, no, man, dudes, you can't do that, man. That's, that's, a, that, that's a sin in itself. <laughs> but I was like, but that's how I want to be because I know, I know that that's what makes me a materialistic person. I'm connected to this place through my consciousness. Hello? Just clap the person next to you, please. Give them one big PK. <laughs> Pastor's club. Come on. Uh, Jared, we're speaking about carnality, yeah? <laughs> Do you understand? So if you've been taught to be aware of sin and not carnality, you're just running. And you're going, yo, as, as long as I don't do those things over there. But man, the way I'm talking to my wife, I'm not even stopping and thinking, Lord. The way I'm treating my children, I'm not even stopping and thinking, geez, is this, is this carnal? You know, how am, I, how am I fixing problems in my household? Yeah, that's true. Is it carnal? That's true. Am I a carnal man? I'm a spiritual man. How am I, how am I living? Come on, even Paul, thousands of years ago, was crying out, get over the milk. <laughs> you wanted to say something? Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that we all are motivated by pain and pleasure. Yeah. You know? Um, and uh, you and I need to take a quality decision in our hearts whether... There is more pleasure in God than the pleasure I'm experiencing in my flesh. Because that's what's going to motivate you. That's the only thing that's going to motivate you. To be able to pursue the pleasure somewhere that is found. And you will go through pain as long as your pleasure is guaranteed. Yeah. Say that again. Please say that again, yeah. my brother. You will go through any type of pain as long as the pleasure is guaranteed. Yeah. Okay? So the, the key factor here is, and, and we're all struggling with flesh, is because we have not experienced the pleasure that we can find in God which is so transcendent, so superior than what you have ever experienced in your flesh. And that's the problem here. All of us. Okay? Yeah. So we need to question myself. I'm coming here, I'm doing things for God. But do I really believe that there is pleasures there in Him which are far above than anything that I've experienced in my life. If you don't believe that and you're convinced about it, you know, and you need to get there to convince yourself to pursue it, then, you know, it's almost like a waste of time fighting with the flesh. Because you will go through anything if you know that it's there for you. Okay? That's beautiful. So God says, come. That's what He's talking about in Matthew 11. 3031. Come sail with me. Mm. Hey? Come on. Come on. Come with me. I'll show you. We'll go in this journey. We will go in this adventure. But you see, you can't experience. You have to take him by his word. When he says to you, come. 
I'll take you somewhere you've never experienced. Remember, we always used to say, hey, but what's, where, where is it happening tonight? Hey, where is it? Yeah, where is it? <laughs> you know, because you want to go there where it's happening. And you will lie, you will steal your dad's car, you will do anything to get to that place. Hey, you'll do anything. Why? Because there's pleasure there. That's what God is calling you. Listen, you might have never experienced, remember in, in, in the book of 1 Corinthians, it tells us, listen, ear has not heard. You know the scripture? He says, it hasn't even gone into your heart. You haven't even conceived it with imagination. What you can experience in me. Because remember, when you're going to come and be with me, when you're out of your body and you're going to be connected with me, the only journey you're making is the journey of pleasures with me, which is unfathomable to the ends of the ages. So come to me, Jesus says, and learn from now to enter into me. Because that's where life is. Amen. Do you want pleasure? Real pleasure? Come to me. Yep. Are you willing to take that decision today in your heart? Even if you're scared. Because I know, like you said, religion has taught us how bad God is. He's actually a killjoy. That's who he is. That's what religion has taught us. No. That's a lie. That's a Luciferian lie. Because Lucifer has been telling us that we can only find joy in our selfishness. Sure. Eh? Yeah. That's what he's telling us. Sure. Always has been telling you. Find ways and means to be able to find pleasure here for you. Use anybody, but do it tactfully. So they don't pick it up, yeah. obviously. Don't get caught. You know? Don't get caught. Yeah, use your mixed motives. Be a hypocrite. Do whatever. So that you can get things out of life. That's what you're here for. That's the Luciferian spirit. And God says, forget about that. Come find the true source of life. That's so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. So, the journey is to get, come to the end of our flesh, amen? End of our carnal, carnal thinking. Yep. There's two ways to get there. You can have a seriously bad event take place, a big disappointment. One of the biggest I've heard is recently is, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the heavyweight boxer, the six foot nine guy, what's his name? Fury, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, his whole life, grew up in a, a fighting family, and he was told that he's going to be the heavyweight champion. He made that his identity. And eventually, at the age of 30 or 29, that insurmountable vision became the vision of him standing on top of the world as heavyweight champion of the world. That was all he slept for. He, he, he ate, drank, heavyweight champion. And his own testimony is the day that he became the champion, he was driving home and immediately depression set in his heart. He said he thought 
he was going to have euphoria. And he said, depression set in his heart. And for the next three years of his life, he had to fight to survive. He put on almost 100 pounds because he's such a big guy. He became a drug addict. He became an alcoholic. His family was concerned. He had to go and see a psychiatrist. He was on all different kinds of medication. Because you know why? He got to the point. This is what he said to himself. He said, I've done it. It's the very thing that has made me tick. He said, the tick is over. Now what? What's going to fool me? And he realized that he was a carnal man. Today, he speaks about Jesus wherever he goes. Because through his depression and almost killing himself, he found God. Do we have to go there to come to the end of our flesh? Or why don't we just seek the pleasure right now by making the decisions in the Holy Spirit, experiencing the goodness of God and learning that we can have it now. We don't have to go through brick walls. Yep. Absolutely. With all the collateral damage. Absolutely. There's no need. There's no need. You know, the Bible gives us such an amazing illustration. It says that faith is both substance and evidence. Right? And the way, way you explained, like, you know, pain and pleasure, you know, um, whether we like it or not, that's how we're weighing up all our situations in life, you know? And when you hear like what you heard this morning or when you read this book, what you're unknowingly doing is that you're measuring the substance and evidence that you've gotten through your carnality against this. And you think to yourself, but I only know how to get it in the ways I know. What is Jesus talking about? Like the way I know how to get peace, he's telling me it's destructive. Are you confused, Jesus? No. It's because faith is our substance and our evidence right what is faith faith is trust it's trust in the integrity of the character of god he's explaining to us that god is your evidence that you'll have fulfillment god is your evidence he's your substance that you will have this pleasure and this life this experience with no cost right this experience that you've been chasing after. But what we struggle with is that we hear this amazing word and then we go out and take the word and put it into all the ways we're used to doing. And we're like, but why is it not working, God? This is your word. No, it's by faith. So when you hear a word like this, don't start thinking in your mind now, hey, okay, then all those five things, like whatever they are, I'm just going to go. And now I'm just going to say in Jesus' name in them, and I'm going to get the experience I'm looking for. Because the evidence that I have is that way works. This is how I feel love. I must be in a relationship. This is how I feel successful. I must have money, right? As a believer, you're being called to experience in your heart the very nature of God. Not doing something externally in your life. It's the very nature of God in your heart. Right? And this is your call every day, guys, is that you build a journey on experiencing that nature. You build and you become skillful and, and you become knowledgeable about that nature. Because only in that nature are you getting fulfilled. Are you, are you guys with me? So everyone close your eyes right now. You can... 
Give the guitar a little bit more. Jared's just wooing me here. It's amazing. <laughs> Close your eyes right now, right? Put your, your legs out in front of you. Sit up straight. Hands, hands on your legs. Don't cross anything. Right now, you, 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 like right now, there was a lot that was said this morning. But basically, as a believer, your only task every day is to choose to partake in the nature of Jesus. To choose to commune with Him. To choose to take His perspective, to take His vision on everything. To take His righteousness, to become whole, to become complete. And to walk out that righteousness. That is your duty as a believer. I'm going to let Jared play for a couple of minutes. But as we're going, just open up your heart. There's, there's no deep theological thing required here or anything. Right now, just start becoming conscious of the Holy Spirit. Just, just start opening up your heart right now and say, Holy Spirit... I'm opening up to you now. We don't need major breakthroughs here. We don't need major miracles. What we need is to experience Him. That's what we need every day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you're thinking about whether or not you have a feeling in your body or anything like that, that's carnal. Just breathe deeply. Just say, thank you, Lord. He's a person. He's a person. Just say, thank you, Lord. Just let his presence touch your heart right now. He is perfect love. He is life. He is the way that we're seeking. Show me 
how to be. Yeah. I'm so in love with you. Show me how to be. I'm so in love with you. Cause you show me how to be. Yeah. I'm so in love. Show me how to be. I'm so in love with you. Cause you show me how to be.
Some people say, you can't just sit around and experience God all day. What about your life? Listen, if you have evidence that there were people who were just sitting around and reading the word all day and praying, but their life is falling apart, they weren't connecting with God. Because you see, if you're truly connecting with God, His very nature will cause you to be victorious in your life. Are you with me? There isn't more than this. This produces whatever you need to do. It gives you value. It gives you direction. It gives you confidence. It qualifies you. This is what we need to be doing day in and day out, guys. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1.30. If you're worried about your life and, okay, no, we should be experiencing God now, but I've got to do something afterwards. Do you? More important than connecting with God? Because that thing's still going to get done. It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Righteousness, you are the way that you are supposed to be before God. Holiness, you, are, you have been set apart from the fallen nature of this world and been completely redeemed. Consider this, guys. Train yourselves. Become disciplined that this is your priority every day. Whether you do this or not, life still needs to happen. But you can choose to do it in your carnal, limited, corrupted way. Or you can choose to do it with this life that you're experiencing this morning. God is good. Come on, give him a round of applause. Give him a shout of praise. A peace that surpasses understanding. Amen? Yeah. What a promise. What a promise. Thank you, Jesus.